Hello, my loves, and welcome back to Raw Empowerment, and welcome to part two of Breaking Borders with Vivian Thomas. Enjoy. So I don't think I, I really describe, I'm assuming most of the listeners know what bipolar is, mm-hmm. um, if they're from a Western, if they're, yeah, but so I'm assuming even, this is a Western. Western. Yeah, so but feel free to give you. give your definition because even then, um, I've noticed from my undergraduate in psychology, um, a lot of diagnoses are actually heavily wrongly defined. Okay, so I that's the first thing that I kind of that really gets on. No, I shouldn't say gets on my nerves, mm-hmm. but um, I I don't like the general definition of bipolar in the books. Yes. Because even based on my bipolar group, the lived experience looks really quite different to what I'm, what I, what you read in the books about bipolar. In the books, it seems so simple and so straightforward. Yes. It's just like, oh, it's a, it's about having different types of moods. Like either you're high or you're low and uh, that's bipolar one Mm -hmm. you can become manic and bipolar two hypomanic Mm -hmm. um uh, so manic is when you've kind of lost touch with reality and hypomanic you're just kind of very um hyperactive but maybe not um not too much Mm -hmm. but with a lived experience when someone describes to you what it actually looks like to them Mm-hmm. So I'll describe what bipolar two feels like to me. Yeah. So there are times when you have things called mixed states. Mm-hmm. Um, so a mixed state would be, I'm both depressed and high all at the same time. Um, it means I'm low, but I can't sleep. Cause mm-hmm. usually when you're depressed, you're supposed to be able to sleep, yes. but no, you're depressed, but you still can't sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, there are times when you are depressed and you can't sleep, and that's like the very normal type of depression. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you could also be high and um, you're having loads of flights of ideas and then maybe sometimes getting some form of anxiety. Um, and then so the highs can look like so many different things mixed together and the lows can also look like loads of things together but then you can have them all mixed at the same time it's not necessarily a, co- a complete split that it's one or the other yes yeah you can have the two mixed into the same thing mm. um so um in books as well you'll have them describing how people someone will either um spend a lot of money or yeah. be uh or just be care not careless is the wrong word very impulsive Uh, yes they'll be impulsive with sex impulsive with money yes Yes. but that's not necessarily everyone Mm -hmm. i'm extremely frugal with money yes um in terms of sex i don't know (laughs) 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 the reason i say the reason i say i don't know is because i come from I come from a lineage mm-hmm. where I feel like we're known for having high, a high libido, <laughs> right? Yeah. 
So they're not hypomanic. Mm-hmm. So they're not bipolar. Yeah. I'm not going to name which side of my family it is either. <laughs> <laughs> but I know they know themselves and we, we, all, we all agree on this. Um, but they're not, they're not, they, they're not bipolar. So therefore on that particular aspect, I can't, I can't differentiate um, yeah. either way. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm trying to think what other symptoms that I personally experience. Low energy, lack of concentration. Mm. So when someone, when I first started getting symptoms of bipolar, mm-hmm. if I had known this, maybe I could have easily been diagnosed five years earlier. Mm. Lack of concentration, especially, it, and it doesn't matter whether you're high or low, because mm-hmm. you could be depressed and you lack of concentration or hypomanic or manic with lack of concentration Mm -hmm. so constant lack of concentration is something that um works on either end regardless of your mood and i had this during university so during university um i was doing a biomedical science degree Mm -hmm. and um i was known throughout my school years up until university as someone who's very intelligent Mm -hmm. let's say um But then I really started to struggle, but not in struggling and understanding the material. I couldn't study. The concentration just was not there. And me being from an African background, despite all the knowledge that I had, Mm -hmm. the first thing that my mind went to was has someone bewitched me? Mm. That's so crazy to say, considering I was doing a biomedical science degree. That means I'm a very science minded person yeah but because of my background um i immediately thought witchcraft wow um so i'm assuming there may be a lot of people out there mm-hmm. are also have symptoms which if they recognize them early mm-hmm. and um were diagnosed early and started because the more the more relapses you go through mm-hmm you when you recover you don't recover to the level that you were before your relapse Mm. and the relapses as you get older become more frequent right Mm -hmm. so like when i was in my early 20s i'd probably just have one or two and they'd usually be around my exam time when i wouldn't sleep just because i was i was studying through the night so i'd do a lot of a lot of that if i'd known if I'd known by that point, I would have known that lack of sleep is the, the one trigger for a bipolar episode that is like a for sure, that you can be for sure that you're going to get a trigger. Yeah. Is, um, is lack of sleep. So lack of sleep is really, sorry, sleeping is like really, really crucial. Yes. Um, and then, and then also, when you're when there's the description for bipolar Mm -hmm. there's something called rapid cycling which is what i have Mm -hmm. and i can cycle through my moods but the way they define it in the literature doesn't allow for someone like me who can cycle through moods um at a lot at a much faster pace than is described in the literature Mm -hmm. so um unless you have a psychiatrist who is really well versed in bipolar which it wouldn't be so easy because they have to know a huge number of um 
a huge number of uh, different diseases yeah. or diseases, conditions, yeah. a huge number of conditions, they won't know how to treat you properly. Because in my case, the medication that you give me can actually make me worse. Yes. And yeah. that's part of the reason why I don't want to be on meds yes. is because I do something called ultra, ultra rapid cycling mm-hmm. and sometimes ultra, ultra rapid cycling. Yes. where I can cycle through distinct moves within a day. Mm-hmm. Uh, so m- the medication that is on the market right now is not made for someone who is me because the drugs are meant to work over a period of time. But mm-hmm. for someone like me who is cycling through within a mood within um, a day, it doesn't work. So one of the... I was listening to a lecture by a really very good, um, I believe, I think he's a psychiatrist. Mm -hmm. He's the first person who I heard say that with something like rapid cycling, for some people, it can take even up to two years for medications to work. Wow. That's not something that I want to go through. (laughs) Yeah. And then that means if it's working at two years, then how long are you supposed to be on these medications for? Yes. Because it's not like the medications are not having other effects on your body. Mm-hmm. And eventually medication at some point will start failing and you have to start trying to find another combination again. That does not sound like a, like a life someone wants to live. Of course. So in terms of um, what it actually looks like to live with it, mm-hmm. it can look very very different to sometimes what the textbooks tell you yes yeah absolutely and was it you know you starting to put the pieces together in this regard especially with going through school and actually looking at the textbooks verbatim was this um what had prompted you to actually write your book what prompted me to write my book was actually my daughter Hmm. as there was a point um, that I didn't think that I would make it. Mm-hmm. Um, I honestly didn't think that I would live long enough to, um, to, to see her to a point where she may herself um, get diagnosed because uh, there's a huge, uh, it, apparently it's about 70% genetics for bipolar okay. and 30% environment. Yeah, uh, I wasn't sure. My dad had um, my dad passed away. I think he was maybe thirty-seven or thirty-eight, mm. um, and so I was looking at that at that date and seeing by the time I'm because I'm now thirty-nine. Mm-hmm. So when she, and she's twelve years old, so that's like not even close to an age where um, she would have started showing signs. Because usually you start showing signs at around the age of twenty. Mm -hmm. 20-ish like um yeah yeah in your early 20s yeah but I didn't want it to be a situation where um I was like wishing my dad had things that he wanted to say to me Mm -hmm. um so the book actually started very differently it was supposed to be for my daughter but I changed it um to be for people who are going uh who are bipolar and just sharing my voice to them mm-hmm. in a general way. 
So I figured if she does become bipolar, maybe some of these words that I'm, I'm sharing, mm -hmm. uh, rather than it being directly directed to her, it's directed to someone, to anyone, for anyone who's bipolar, including um, my daughter. Mm -hmm. At the time when I started writing, I started writing it so long ago. Mm -hmm. What actually made me uh, finish writing it mm -hmm. was school. Um, when I joined school, uh, one of my lecturers um, gave us a challenge. She told us, I want you to do something that you've been scared to do because of people judging you. <laughs> Just do it. So there's a girl, there's a lady in our class who didn't uh, like to wear the color yellow because she felt that it brought too much attention and she didn't like people looking at her <laughs> and she was concerned. Yes, yeah, she just didn't like the attention. Yeah. So the very next class, she wore a yellow, a yellow sweater and she was like, oh my God, like she was quite, quite like concerned about it. Yeah. But like with everyone's comments, oh, you look good. Yellow is actually a great color on you. And so the teacher was like, I'm challenging every single person in this class, do something that you haven't done because you're concerned about what are people going to say about you mm -hmm. or what it is that you're doing. And she specifically said that book that you want to write, it doesn't matter. She didn't know about me, but yeah. like, I almost felt like she was talking to me. Yeah. That book that you haven't written yet, write it because the only way you're going to get good is by writing the first time. It doesn't matter if the first time is not that great. Wow. You still have to get through the first time. Yes. So you have to do it. So, um, and after she said that I was done within three months after writing this wow. book for years. <laughs> that was amazing. Um, so that is actually, so she, you're, you're right. It was school and my daughter that um, pushed me. And also, I felt like I needed to give my father a voice mm. because um, when I was going through his medical records mm -hmm. and I could see that um, it would be written depression and then it would be, um, it would be written um, off work for a year and then the depression uh, and then off work, like, you know, like there was a pattern there. Yeah, yeah. And in this day and age, I felt like I could not be understood, mm. right? Mm -hmm. So I felt like if I wrote something that describes what life can kind of look like, mm -hmm. um, the people maybe who judged him at the time may come back and judge him less or... or, or yeah, judge him less or understand him more, even mm. though he isn't here and I know his spirit is gone and he's gone. I still felt that need yes. to be like a voice for someone who's already gone. So what actually happened with my dad is that, um, to be honest, I'm not completely sure exactly what happened. Mm. And um, different people have different versions of the story. Yeah. So I can only say the version that I'm aware of. Yeah. The reason I'm aware of this story is quite a, a an, an interesting way that this story came about. Mm -hmm. So I've already, at this point, I think, yes, I'd already been diagnosed as bipolar. 
my cousin is in a class. She's going to a class that is in the area where we live. So she's staying with us. Yeah. And one day she comes back home and she's like, Vivian, you'd never guess what. I were in class and our lecturer was telling a story. And when he said, and as he was telling the story, I was like, I think that's Uncle Tom. That's Uncle Tom. And, to, and when he mentioned who it was, I was like, that's, that's my uncle. So her uncle is my dad that this person was talking about in her class. Mm. And I was like, what? So you think you think he knew him? Okay. So I was like, please, the next time you go to class, ask him if he agreed to have a meeting with me. Yeah. Because the story he was telling was the story about how my dad had died. So um, the next, I can't remember the next day or the next week, like soon after I had a meeting with him, we had lunch and he told me he was good friends with the person my father was, was with on the day he died. So apparently according to him, it was a suicide attempt. Mm. And I say attempt because my father fell out of a building or jumped out of a building but he wasn't high enough to to kill himself so he just like broke some legs broke some legs that sounds so terrible he, i think he broke a leg or both his legs yeah. not totally sure but based on his death certificate he went to hospital now that brings in another aspect that i'm going to come back to he went to hospital mm-hmm. and after a few days he got a blood clot that lodged itself in his lungs mm. and that's what killed him so the fall didn't kill him yeah. But according to his friend who was with him that day, he said he, my father was trying to kill him, kill mm-hmm. himself. Mm-hmm. Um, now, but according to other people who I've spoken to, who I don't know if they know the story as well as the person who was with him, they say my father had a psychotic break and he was running away from something mm. that he thought was chasing him. Mm other part that enters into the situation is the police came to the hospital to arrest him because at the time it was a criminal offense to try and kill yourself it still is in Kenya Kenya, it still is it still is and it's and it's now I don't think they treat it as they're more likely to call medical health professionals but it's still in the books as a as a criminal offense wow to um, try and take your own life, which is something, again, me- uh, mental health professionals are trying to, to change. Mm. Um, but I found it so crazy that the police showed up at the hospital. And the only way that my mom could get them to not press charges was to say that he had a psychotic break. Yes, okay. Because sense. then that doesn't class it. Uh, then you're not classed as having trying to take yourself. You were... Yeah, you were classed differently. So it's all that put together is the reason why I decided to to write the book. Mm. Wow. Well, I can wholeheartedly advocate, at least from a personal standpoint, that even though your book was preference to an audience specifically who would identify with bipolar, I took away a lot from it and I the ver I don't know what it was if it's just your voice or what aspect of your verbiage 
and dialogue in your book, but it felt like you just spoke to such a, a deep part. And again, this is just like personally, but like just such a deep part of me where I've experienced some dark depression myself. And even Mm. though I haven't experienced the other facets that follow with having bipolar, the aspects of what you talked about with your depression, depressive times, I Mm. heavily related to. And it was just a wonderful perspective to hear also your, the ways that you've been able to grow from this and, and heal yourself and be constantly working on um, just finding new ways to not only heal yourself, but also bring the word out to other people. Um, So it definitely drastically impacted me, even though I, I am not diagnosed with bipolar and, um, and I think it, I think it has for others as well. I think just like what you said, um, it's a it's a continual process. Mm-hmm. Yes, of le- of learning. Even for myself, I'm still continuing to learn and grow. And um, I know that it's a lifelong. Um, I don't want to call it a battle because a battle will make the universe make me feel like it's a battle. <laughs> true (laughs) but um my journey is a lifelong journey Mm -hmm. of continual growth and learning Mm -hmm. so um and that's part of the reason why there are days when when the bipolar depression hits and it's like really really dark inside your head Mm -hmm. extremely and it feels like it's pain somewhere inside your head and it's so Mm -hmm. painful there are those particular days where of course, I can't feel like um, bipolarity has helped me or mm-hmm. has helped me in any way. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the days when I feel like um, like today, which is a good day, mm-hmm. I can look back and see that my life would not have, I would never have met you yeah. and people like you, like we did in Give, mm-hmm. um, if it wasn't for my bipolar. And I know that for a fact. Yes. The reason being my path would have been so different Mm -hmm. and I would never have been, I would never have probably chosen um, the path to work with people. Yes. Because part of what bipolarity also is, is you, you, you become quite empathetic. Absolutely. With, with others. And so it draws you into uh, career paths or career life places Mm. where you're dealing with people mm-hmm. but then also something else about bipolar is it meant that I was comfortable jumping from different life scenarios yeah. my life was just not one thing like for example I j- just graduated and I'm now a biomedical scientist and I'd be working at a, at a lab or labs and that would be my life I have had such varied life experiences mm-hmm. because that's just how my so when you have like a a relapse and then you have to take a break Mm -hmm. when you re re re-energize yourself Mm -hmm. you it's kind of like a phoenix growing or whatever growing in a different part of the world so you died in this part of the world and then you had a rebirth Mm -hmm. and you're now in a different path and you experience those people 
and they enrich your life and hopefully you also enrich their lives Mm -hmm. and then maybe a depressive episode will come where you uh, collapse inward Mm -hmm. and then when you come out again you come out again in a different part place now my aim is not to I don't think I can eliminate the depressive episodes completely Mm -hmm. but it's just to make sure that they're not as bad so that because I think I believe part of those depressive episodes um, are important in my soul searching. They've been great in in allowing me to really truly soul search. Mm -hmm. Um, And also, like I said, empathize with people. Yes. So hopefully that, that was not, it just shouldn't be as bad Mm -hmm. as it is. My aim is not to completely eliminate it. And also the uh, highs and the ideas that come with the highs Mm -hmm. Um, so some of the projects that I've been involved in and created or enhanced have all come from a place where ideas have come, ideas, ideas have been generated Mm -hmm. during my hypomanic highs. I'm grateful I don't have manic highs, Mm -hmm. even though, um, if I was, if I had bipolar that had manic highs, I probably wouldn't be experiencing as much of a depression, Mm -hmm. but, um, the hypomanic highs at least give you while if if it's if it's under control mm-hmm. it gives you ideas that can then be come out as something uh, beautiful and great that you can enrich people's lives with yeah. so um as i'm here and i'm well and i'm okay like today mm-hmm. i i don't consider being bipolar as a negative thing mm-hmm. um and I'm quite happy to say I am bipolar rather than I have bipolar. Yes. Uh, I want to consider it being a part of me and who I am. Mm-hmm. But I'm also aware that there are people out there who it's really, really bad. Theirs is like really, really, um, the experiences are, are terrible. Like they, the lows that I experience maybe once every uh the deep lows that I experience once every like couple of years or maybe once a year mm-hmm. for them something that is a lot more regular and life is like really difficult so it's when I say bipolar is not a negative thing to me I'm not trying to um, take away from the experiences of those who have it really tough and um, need a lot more empathy from the rest of the world for what they're going through Absolutely. Gosh, Viv, I am so happy that I was given this space to be able to share with you on this because I, I, I feel that you're on the right path of within searching within yourself, but also um, while you're, you're doing this work selflessly, selfishly (laughs) for yourself. Mm -hmm. um, It's, obviously trickling into others lives in very positive ways and I'm I'm looking forward to also hearing about this new transition um, with you moving into a more traditional lifestyle and I would also love to to be able to get a space to reconnect with you in a couple months after that um after being there for a while to see how things are going in that regard as well. And I would love to welcome you to come. Um, <laughs> oh, absolutely. Visit. 
Oh, whenever, whenever you are able to, you are very, very welcome to come and visit us in Kenya. I think you would love the the village. Oh, of gosh, of course, of course, I would. Um, I think, you, and I'd, I'd be walking around with you, making yes. sure I'm protecting you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gladly. Uh, All right, well, Vivian. Thank you beyond measure for sharing this amazing, vulnerable, but truly empowering space with me. Thank you. Thank you for um, reaching out and contacting me and um, for having this conversation with me. Thank you, Carly. Thank you all so much again for listening to Breaking Borders with Vivian Thomas. And thank you again to Vivian for allowing this space and this conversation. It could not be more honored. Many more is to come from this series, so do keep updated with us in Spotify and also on Instagram at Raw Empowerment, a community and a people's movement where we can really step into our truest and rawest authentic selves and empower one another in these spaces. You are so deeply loved in this community and so welcome. Thank you all so much. Namaste.